0: what's up slow Trip listeners this is your host zach
1: and matt and we have an exciting announcement
0: cisternacoffeeco.com is officially up and running
1: we are live and
0: everything is in stock uh, we've got our mugs ready to ship right in time for christmas today's date is december the 7th um so everything is ready for you to go um
1: Bolivian coffee's in stock, Thai coffee's in stock, everything's freshly roasted, coffee mugs, decals, Uh, this has been a long time coming, the site is beautiful and uh, ready to go. So wherever you're joining us on the Slow Drip journey, whether it's episode one or the end of the season, take a minute and go check out our new website and store and uh, pick up some coffee just in time for the holidays. That says a lot that you didn't think it made sense. Well, that's why you get paid the big bucks to cut out all of the asinine things that I say online. We're getting paid? Wait, you're not getting paid? <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to the Slow Drip Podcast. I'm Matt Luce and with me, as always, is Zach Moore. Yeah. And we are glad that you're joining us for another episode here on the Slow Drip. Zach, what coffee are we sampling today?
0: So, this is a medium dark roast. And I um, put it more on the dark side. Yep, I would too, I think. Not even I think, I would too. It's from uh, Warner Robins. Um, Corbin got me this bag. Um He's gotten in the habit of every time he goes out of town, he'll get a bag of coffee wherever he goes. So this one came from Warner Robbins. I don't know why he went. Um, but it's from Little Light Coffee Company. Um, out of Warner Robbins. I mean, it's good. Typically, I don't go for a...
1: So a couple of things. It's a blend. Yeah, it's, it is a blend. And it's a dark roast, which are it's a departure from what we typically sample yeah. here on the slow drip. It's usually, it's usually medium single origin. Yeah. So it's probably good to bring some variety in. This um, I think
0: is probably only the second blend that we've had, right? Mm-hmm. Cause we had one from Bellwood also from Corbin.
1: We also had a blend from Drinklings or did we just do their single origin?
0: We just did their okay. Colombian single. Yeah.
1: yeah. Um, and as, as a blend goes, it's, there aren't as many kind of single origin, you know, notes of the terroir, but it's a really well blended coffee and smooth. Mm-hmm. And um, to I, be as dark as it is, yeah. it's surprisingly smooth. Mm-hmm. A little bit of a dry finish. Yeah. Um, but it's funny that you you mentioned that Corbin's gotten into the habit of. Uh, hey, I'm here pick, for it. Exactly, picking up a bag of coffee every time he leaves town, and I was like, I think I said on another episode, and like the longer that we've kind of been in the coffee gig, more and more people are like, oh. I had to pause my trade subscription. Try this, you know, and usually just give us a bag or part of a bag to to try. And So, Corbin, thank you for thinking of us and bringing us this delightful little dark roast. Yep, it's pretty good. Mm -hmm. One uh, One of mine,
0: well, he's a friend but we've I've only met him once, Amanda and I went to a Braves game like seven six seven years ago, five six seven years ago. I don't know um and we sat next to this other couple and they were really cool um about our age, we struck up a conversation and we you know hit it off and um he's followed us on Instagram for the past you know several years. He actually bought a bag of the Thai coffee. Nice. A couple weeks ago he text he messaged me on Instagram um last last week mm-hmm. and uh
1: it was like through the Thai's fire. Awesome. So and I mean, I agree. The Thai coffee is one of those that is roasted medium but is like a very smooth dark roast mm-hmm. in some ways. So
0: Yep. I thought it was kind of cool then.
1: I was thinking the other day, Zach, that we have not ever done a, a pan bad review on any coffee. We're usually very uh, accommodating.
0: We were pretty hard on that one that Michael brought back from
1: well, that, Alaska. Well, that was well deserved <laughs> to be. That, that one we panned pretty hard, you're right. The other half of that bag is still in my cupboard that's the kind of coffee that you put in your cowboy boots to cut down the smell when you don't wear socks. Okay. I could see that. Mm -hmm. That's about all it's good for. So that's just how I feel about that was not good coffee, but (laughs) sorry, Mike, I know you're listening. Um, We still appreciate the gesture.
0: Absolutely. Uh, So,
1: Zach, what are we talking about today?
0: We are talking about the concept of points in a game. Mm -hmm. We talked about it a little bit last week, and we talked about it whenever we were roasting too, or on the way to the roastery. Yeah. So if you look at the Great Commission as not necessarily, I I know obviously it's not a game, but for lack of a better term, a game. And we have two very opposing sides. Mm -hmm. We know at the end who wins. We know what's going to happen. We know pretty much a play-by-play. But the concept of getting more, Points on the board. Mm -hmm. Like right now, the play clock is ticking down. Right. And getting a few more points on the board, like we already know that we're going to win, but it's. We don't. The game is we don't want the other team to have. Any points. More
1: losers. Right. Right. Yeah. So. When we're talking about the Great Commission, we're talking about Jesus' admonition to his disciples and to all of us moving forward to go out, share the gospel, and make more disciples. Yeah. And basically, that's at the end of the day, that's what we're all here to do. And we wanted to talk a little bit about the whole idea of putting points on the board because we talked about it in Flannel Boards episode two episodes ago a little bit. And wanted to kind of just hash that out a little bit more. um, I
0: think think it's fitting too because you're
1: you're about to leave.
0: That yes. To go to Kenya, and ultimately, you could probably rack up a few more points. Hopefully,
1: (laughs) that's the idea. So, but when we say you know points on the board, we're we're not talking about points that we're keeping track of, right? Where this is. I I love the way that you said it. I think you said it in Flannel Awards that um, it's not like basketball where either team can just score as many points as possible and at the end of the game, whoever has the most points wins, right? I mean, we know who wins, like you said. Um, But there's a finite amount of points that you can obtain. Right. When we talk about points, we're talking about human souls, and there's a, a finite amount between and we don't know what that is, Mm -hmm. only the creator does, Mm -hmm. but from the point of creation to um, the end, there will be a finite amount of points, right? And so everything that we do in life should be pointing towards bringing more points onto the board for Christ and for eternity and everlasting. Mm -hmm. And um, and so, you know, you kind of brought that up when we were talking around recording the Flannel Boards episode of there is only a finite amount. And so whatever we can do to put points on the board on, on our, you know, our side... It's a reduction of points from the other side. Exactly. And that's what's really key. And it is, it's timely because I do fly out in six days and so in my mind has been both what's going on here and getting ready to go but also what's going to be coming on the other side and as it gets closer you know I'm more and more in that mode and thinking about it um so yeah I mean really end of the day we're we're not keeping score we don't even know really what the score is Mm -hmm. so there's no no way to keep score but you know, the idea being that everything that we're doing needs to be mindful in a sense of how do we live out that great commission? Um, and you have a a great perspective on that, and you've said it before on the air about um, if you're not going, help me out, because
0: if you're not going, and I can't take credit for it, it wasn't m- me that said it, it was um he was a old, old pastor in in town. If you, he said, uh, "If you're not going, send. If you're not sending,
1: you're disobeying. Mm-hmm. Or if you if you what is it? Basically, that's it, right? Like our calling is either the Great team.
0: Commission is go. If you can't go, send. If you're not sending, right, you're disobeying. Or if you're not going or sending, you're right, disobeying.
1: And you know, in the in the scope of what we're talking about today and what I'm getting ready to go and do on the other side, mm-hmm. we play out both of those things. Yeah. You know, and that's the that's why I wanted or I asked you to share that because you have that unique perspective of you're sending, you know? Like without you being able I to I haven't really thought of it that way, but yeah, you're kinda right. You're well, yeah. Um, no. Every now and then, you're like, always, you're always right, man. No, 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 no. Every now and then, I'm kind of right. Blind squirrel finds a nut every now and again. Every now and then. Um, but in this situation, you you totally are. Yeah. You know, sending and you're a sending agent. And you know, without you being here and kind of keeping the home front and helping, um, well, you're helping me with a lot of different things, but. You know with just if we look at justice cisterna like i could not go and do what i need to do what i've been called to do if you weren't here because we've got some really big orders that are special orders that have come in and you're gonna have to take over some of the roasting mm-hmm. while i'm gone because it's all time sensitive things and and so you know without that you know partnership I wouldn't be able to go and so just in that alone you you're acting as a sending agent to give me the opportunity to to go and uh carry the gospel forward into northern kenya and southern kenya and like you said hopefully put a few more points on the board by the time i come home how do people
0: how do people find their position In the Great Commission. Hmm. Like, um, my grandmother can't go to Kenya. She is physically unable to go to Kenya and sleep in a mud hut. So, like, how do people find their I think I think it a probably starts with um being honest with yourself about where you're at for one mm-hmm. coming to the realization that I don't know I mean I've been a Christian for years, but I haven't been serious about the Great Commission until what the last
1: two maybe right, so good. I love the way you frame that of like, how do people find their position? Like, how do you find your position on the team? Yeah, right. Are you uh, a goalie, a striker, um, you know, midfielder? It's not you soccer terms, Matt. It's football terms. I'm tr- I'm trying to bring in as lot, as many different sport metaphors as possible. Okay, if the, if that's what we're doing, we're about to get wild. Let's not go there, but because, <laughs> um. But yeah, I mean, how do you find your position? And I think you're right. The the first part is really kind of being honest with who you are in in, in your your faith walk. Um and like you said, that's being more focused on missional mindedness or mindfulness is something that you've kind of come into in the last couple of years and not hasn't been the focus your entire Christian life. I think that's something we, and we talk a little bit about in flannel boards as well. Like, and in Christian by default and, and rhythms and a lot. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of been some under, I think there's been some really good undercurrents of a lot of our episodes. Yeah. Of being mindful in our missional thinking. And, um, I think that's a really good thing. And so to, To kind of answer the question, I think in part it is that mindfulness of who am I, who is Christ to me, how do I fit into all of this? And then it's also kind of that self-realization of what am I able to do? Um, And then there's that beautiful moment when we're seeking the will of God and our spirit links up with the Holy Spirit in a way that... We start to know and live out what our calling is. And I talked about in, in flannel boards a couple weeks ago that, um, you know, as a child, I knew. Like I, I knew I wanted to be the guy in the hut without electricity. Like, um, live, and, and I get to live that out. Um, but I knew that's what my calling was. And, and um, you know, in, in reality, there were seasons of my life where, you know, my heart wasn't in the right place and and I didn't have the same humbleness and um you know even to the point of like well I can do that, why can't everyone? And mm. it, it it took some like well, it took the Lord really kind of hammering some things out in my own heart, you know, that kind of refining being process humbled. of being humbled to realize that's not everybody's calling. And then kind of the next step of that was like, and what you're called to, like, it's a blessing. You know, you, it's a blessing that you are called to do this thing that you love to do, right? And, and so think of it that way and not, um, well, why isn't everybody going? Uh, I think that w- we can, as a culture, get pretty narrow-minded and narrow-focused you know with blinders on of like the thing that we have as our mission and our passion is the most important and and lose focus of all of the other things that other people are doing a to help us in our our part um, but also you know all of these other things that other people are called to are incredibly incredibly valuable important and Uh, and need to be done as well i just off the top of my head as we're talking um last weekend i had the opportunity to go down to the rescue mission in macon and it was really cool because vera on her own one day woke up and made a bunch of like handwritten signs and just said they need our help and put them around our house in different places she set up Dropbox, or like, Dropbox locations for items to go to help the needy. And in your house? In my house. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so, you know, in different rooms, she had put these signs up, and it was a really cool teaching moment, because we got to talk to her about that, and say, it's a great idea, so let's, let's put some things together. Let's go put some action behind it. Yeah. Right, and then, you know, last week... <sighs> we went and took all of these items that you know we didn't need that we were going to be able to donate to the rescue mission so they could go into their retail store to continue you know the work that the rescue mission in Macon is doing to helping men get out of addiction and to helping you know women from battered homes find a place of of rescue and safety and solace and ultimate spiritual healing coming from all of that and it's like, man, like I love I love seeing that. Mm-hmm. That's not what I'm called to. But someone is, and I'm thankful that someone else is, right? Yeah. Um Well, if I mean if you think like um
0: if if we're all part of the body of Christ, mm-hmm. but we're all feet mm-hmm. or we're all the midsection of your shin. I mean then we're just I mean, the body is useless. Right. I mean, it has to have all parts in order to be a body. Mm-hmm. So some people are feet. They are able to go. Right. Some people are hands. They're able to serve, you know, locally mm-hmm. here. So um, it's... um,
1: And some people are, are called to be senders, and they're called to support ministry around the world and locally through financial giving and other things, too. So... It's all of those things wrapped up together. Tell
0: you one, an intercessor too. Mm-hmm. Being an intercessor, tell you one. There's, um. There's this lady at our church, and I love her to death. She's one of my favorite people. Um, her name is Leslie. She is known as Meemaw. She is actually. Let's see. She is Harper's mom's cousin's mom. Oh, so I mean, I guess it would be Harper's great aunt. Okay. That was a lot simpler. It's Harper's great aunt. That lady is a praying lady. Mm. She has, I've I've watched her walk up and down the aisles. Mm -hmm. Like if I get to church early, And like we're setting up or we're going through practice in in the worship band. Um, She has walked the aisles and she'll pray over all the seats. Mm -hmm. And then now she's got a a little room off to the side backstage where she'll go and she'll sit. And she'll just sit there and pray. Mm. She'll sit there and she'll pray over the congregation. She'll sit there and pray over the people that are walking in the door. And I mean, she is a praying woman. Now, physically... Right, she's probably not able to. I'm sure that she would love to go to, um, to share the gospel with somebody, someone that's never heard it. But mm-hmm. physically, I don't think she would be able to. Um, it's, um, but like I mean, it's just, I think she knows her place in, mm. in what the mission mm-hmm. is. I mean, you have people
1: who are, and that's the. Yeah, that's the point with all of this is Meemaw fully understands. The point is to put a few more points on the board. Yeah. The calling is to put a few more points on the board. That is what we were created for, and she's found her way to to live that out. We've talked, you and I, several times about this whole idea of Uh, living eternally in an ephemeral world. Mm -hmm. And it's something that, you know, you know me well enough to know that every now and then things will get stuck in my head and I just have to ruminate on them for a while. And then it's like, oh, and that has, you know, significance and relevance in this scenario and in this scenario and in this scenario too. And so a lot of our conversations, um, I have brought up this idea and it's just something I can't get away from In this season, as I'm kind of processing through and getting ready to go back to Africa and where we are with Cisterna, where we are um, with the slow drip and beehive and all of these different things. And bigger, you know, zooming out, there are some bigger cultural ramifications or cultural vignettes. I don't know exactly how to articulate it, but I think that as a modern, evangelical movement we are losing sight of our eternalness uh our Mm. our created purpose and being you know so when i say we we need to live eternally in an ephemeral world um like we said at the beginning we know how this ends eventually all that we know melts like wax Mm. and is gone right the world that we know is temporary now, temporary in the sense of, like, our thoughts are not God's thoughts. Our ways are not God's ways. Our perspective is not God's perspective. So it seems like a really long time that the world has been in existence. Um, but in the grand scheme of things... But in the grand scheme of things, if you can zoom out far enough, it's a, it's finite and it's temporary. And so... Um, I feel like a lot of modern culture, a lot of the enemy's tactics right now, are working to convince the people living now that they are just as ephemeral and temporary as the world itself. Because Satan knows how this ends. He also knows that everything that we know will melt like wax. And he's working really hard. I feel like in this season that we're in, in 2022 to convince as many people that it's all just temporary that they're ephemeral and that if you if you tease that out and I think we will kind of come back to this in the future and talk more in depth on it but it holds it holds water for what we're talking about on yeah. today's episode so I'm going to just bring it up but uh if you tease it out on a on bigger scale like if you can convince someone that they're temporary what matters, you know, yeah. nothing in their life really has any meaning. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's what the enemy is really trying to convince the culture right now. YOLO. Exactly. Yeah. A hundred percent. Um, and, and we need to shift our perspective back to thinking and living out eternity. What like you and I, we may be around for another if we're lucky, 60 years, uh, you and I on earth, right? Kind but hope in not. that <laughs> time, yeah, in that time, here's the idea, right? So in that time, that's a finite amount of time to put as many points on the board as we possibly can. And we need to think about things as though we are just sojourners yeah. here on earth. Like we were created to be eternal. We were created to be with our creator for all eternity outside of what we know right now. We have examples from the Old Testament and the New Testament um, that use imagery specifically for that. In Isaiah 54, uh, Isaiah is talking to the kingdom of Israel and talks about, you know, enlarge the place of your tent. And he goes on to describe more and more and more, but like the whole, and granted, yeah, the, the tent structure of the day was um you know, the semi-permanent dwelling of most people, but Paul uses the same kind of language in 2 Corinthians five as well. And he talks about if this this earthly home is destroyed, this earthly tent that we have is destroyed, you know we know that there's um, something greater. Yeah. And so I feel like a lot of scripture points us to that like, don't forget, you're not meant to, to be here forever. You're meant to be with me forever as your creator. I'm giving you time here to live out this great commission. I'm giving you time here to live out your calling, and I'm giving you time here to try to put as many points on the board as you possibly can before you are called home to your true home. So everything that we have here is a temporary dwelling, a temporary shelter. And um, so as we talk through points on the board, that's what I mean. when We say, like, how do we put as many points on the board as we can in the time that we have? And I think, you know, when we talked about it in flannel boards a couple of weeks ago. It was like, if I can have, you know, just one more and just one more um, my perspective I think has shifted a lot in that in the last few years, living out ministry. It's almost like that last scene from Schindler's List. You know what I'm talking about? Never seen it. You've never seen it? one more movie that I ask if you've seen that you've never seen. So um in Schindler's List, in the end, so he's he's working. To help rescue as many Jews out of the Holocaust as he can. I mean, I know what you know, I know the concept what, yeah, I know of the right, right. so, movie, yeah. So, in the end, um, there's this incredibly poignant scene where like Schindler has come to the full, you know, it's not just I'm doing this for the altruism, but the full understanding, and and it's over. And he's like, he's pulling this gold ring off his finger, and he's like, this could have been five more people because he's basically just like buying labor out of concentration camps mm. to rescue as many Jewish people out of the Holocaust as he can. And then he was looking at his vehicle and he's like, this would be 14 more and this could be five more, you know, this whole like I didn't do enough kind of thing. And I think about that some, uh, when I think about like just one more, you know, just one more point on the board, like give me, give me a little bit more time. Personally, I feel like we are in the final labor pains. You know, whatever the end is, we will never know when that day is coming. But I feel like we are rushing towards that, that final moment where all things melt like wax. Whether we see it in our lifetime or not, again, the perspective is it, it, it's coming rapidly because everything is temporary and ephemeral here but we were created to be eternal. And so we need to live that out. And that's why if we're really mindful, everything that we do needs to be moving in that direction. You know, that's why you and I work so hard to get Cisterna off the ground. It's a, another avenue to put more points on the board we have a passion to sell really good coffee and we have a passion to do it in a way that benefits.
0: I mean, we could do it just, we we could just roast good coffee and sell good coffee mm-hmm. and that be it.
1: But we've decided,
0: which is perfectly fine. Which, yeah.
1: If that was, if that was the end goal, like that's great. But we've decided to, do it in a way that's direct trade that is impactful to the coffee producing communities that we work with and impactful in international ministry around the world to be able to fund projects that fulfill the Great Commission elsewhere, also. And so, that's one of the things that we really it's a it's a cornerstone of what we do and what you and I get to do together. That's super exciting because it is the whole mission of the company is built on the mindfulness of just one more point.
0: Everything we do,
1: everything that we do is to
0: push the narrative
1: of the great commission. Exactly. That was one of the things that we said when we first started talking about rebooting the slow drip too. Mm -hmm. everything we do is To push the narrative of the Great Commission a little bit further. So, I think it's a good time for break. I think you're right. Um, before we sign off, do you have any updates for us, Cisterna wise? I'm already work? signed off. I can't, I can't talk. Okay. And he's walking <laughs> out of the room. Like, oh, bye bye. Bye, Matt.
0: Yeah. No, I, no so we've got um, new bags are in, new labels are in, our Bolivian is finally honed in mm-hmm. um and matter of
1: fact we how how many we don't have many units of it ready and available yet but well, we will how
0: many do we roast we roasted 8 pounds of it mm-hmm. so we had a dozen or so yeah um i think i'm down to 3
1: it's a i like the thai a lot but uh that bolivian everybody
0: that has tried the bolivian it's like even amanda and her and her mom were
1: like this is it's it's a really special single origin um and we've talked about it at length in the past but francisco is an incredible coffee producer and that we finally were (coughs) able to bring it into the country and start roasting it and make it available um it's a a really special coffee so it's exciting that it's going to be in the next few weeks available online as well as the tie um yeah so be on the lookout. Be sure you're following us for those updates because um, we'll let people know everything's live through the Slow Drip and through Cisterna's social media accounts. Um, when you are hearing this episode, I will be preparing to leave the country. You um, might be on a plane. Yeah. Uh, so this This episode comes out November 1st, and I fly out that same day. And um, so... Uh, I will be on my way to Kenya. And if you are just joining us for the first time, go back and listen to the notes from the field, uh, the last two. And with the, uh, the episode that we talk about, uh, flannel boards a lot. We talked about it a lot in this episode. But I give a, a, a pretty good rundown of what I'll be doing while I'm there. Um, there's still opportunities to help support that mission. Uh, the link will be in the show notes for that as well if you want to financially support what we're doing in northern Kenya. Um, and so, yeah, thanks for listening. We're going to take a break. Just Still- a.